Hello, this is Tanishka from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 10th of November. India recorded 11,466 COVID-19 cases and 460 deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stood at over 3 crore 43 lakh, while the death toll crossed 4 lakh 61,000. However, these figures are widely believed to be undercounts. India's active caseload is currently the lowest it has been in over eight months. So far, India has administered over 109 crore COVID-19 vaccinations, of which 52 lakh doses were given yesterday. According to Maharashtra Health Minister Rajesh Tope, the state yesterday crossed the milestone of having administered 10 crore COVID vaccine doses, out of which over 6 crore people received the first dose, while over 3 crore people were given their second dose. Union Health Minister Mansukh Mandavya yesterday stated that 96 countries recognized the Covaxin and Covishield vaccines. He further said that efforts are being made to get more countries to recognize both the vaccines. As per a report by PTI, the West Bengal government will launch a house-to-house campaign to identify people who haven't received the first dose of the vaccine yet. Further on, the government has asked frontline workers for a list of all vulnerable and bedridden unvaccinated people to whom jabs can be administered at the earliest. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 250 million people, claiming the lives of over 5 million. WHO Chief Scientist Soumya Swaminathan yesterday expressed hope for the second generation of COVID vaccines, which would include nasal sprays and oral versions. According to AFP, she further stated that these vaccines might be self-administrable and easier to deliver. Before we begin, a content warning. Two stories that follow have mentions of suicide. A 22-year-old Muslim man was found dead inside the toilet of a police station in Kasganj district in Uttar Pradesh on Tuesday. The Indian Express reported that Altaf, a labourer, was brought in to the Kotwali police station for questioning, accused of allegedly eloping with a minor Hindu girl. Altaf's family blamed the police for his death and held a protest outside the hospital where his autopsy was being conducted. The autopsy report stated death due to hanging, according to Ramesh Prasad, the acting station house officer of Kotwali. Express reported that the police had launched an inquiry into Altaf's death. Five policemen, including the station house officer, two sub-inspectors and two constables have been suspended. The police claim that Altaf had been working as a labourer for a Hindu family. A minor girl from the family went missing, following which her father lodged an FIR against Altaf under IPC Section 363, which is kidnapping, and IPC Section 366, which is kidnapping, abducting or inducing a woman to compel her marriage. Altaf was called in for questioning on Tuesday morning. During the interrogation, the police said that he had asked to use the toilet. When he did not return, the police claimed they went inside and found him unconscious. Altaf later died while being treated at a community health centre. The minor Hindu girl, meanwhile, remains untraceable. A civic body official informed NDTV yesterday that the hospital in Bhopal, where four infants died in a fire, did not have a mandatory fire safety clearance. The fire had broken out on Monday night on the third floor of the hospital, where the ICU is located. The Bhopal Municipal Corporation's fire services chief, 
K.S. Parihar told NDTV that the Kamala Nehru Hospital Management failed to get a fire safety no-objection certificate despite being served notices four to five times in the past six months. He said, and I quote, There are 500 to 600 big and small medical facilities in Bhopal that have been served notices for fire safety NOCs in the past six months. Unquote. Parihar alleged that the hospital had never applied for a fire safety NOC. He said, firefighters had reached the hospital within 15 minutes of being called, but the fire safety equipment installed in the hospital was outdated and therefore did not work. Madhya Pradesh Chief Minister Shivraj Singh Chauhan had yesterday announced that a high-level investigation in the case will be conducted by additional Chief Secretary Mohammad Suleiman. Chauhan also sought a report from officials about fire safety audits. Meanwhile, the National Commission for Protection of Child Rights reportedly wrote to the chief secretaries of all states and union territories yesterday in order to seek fire safety audits of all medical facilities for children. Quoting Tamil Nadu's Revenue and Disaster Management Minister KKSSR Ramachandran, ANI reported today that the number of deaths due to rain-related incidents in the state had risen to 12. As per the India Meteorological Department, several places along the northern coast of Tamil Nadu, including Chennai, are likely to receive very heavy rainfall in the next 24 hours due to low pressure created by a cyclonic circulation in the Bay of Bengal. Nagapattinam received a whooping 31 cm of rainfall in the last 24 hours. From the night of 6 November, Tamil Nadu has been battered by heavy rainfall that has left several areas inundated. Images on social media showed cars submerged underwater, uprooted trees and people being rescued on rubber boats in parts of Chennai. So far, more than 1,700 people have been moved to relief camps. The heavy rains have damaged over 500 huts in the state. The Greater Chennai Corporation has urged residents of Chennai to only step out of their homes in cases of emergency and to ensure that they have enough food and water. Tamil Nadu's Disaster Management Minister expressed fear over more losses if the rain intensified. A 45-year-old farmer from Punjab allegedly died by suicide at the Singhu border protest site in Delhi early this morning. The farmer was identified as Gurpreet Singh from Fatehgarh Sahib district, NDTV reported. The Kundli police said that Gurpreet had been staying alone in a tractor trolley near Sushant city for the past 15 days. His body has been sent to the civil hospital at Sonipat for post-mortem. The police are collecting statements from eyewitnesses. A farmer at the protest site told NDTV that this was political murder. He said, and I quote, we say the stubborn attitude of the government, the abandonment of talks is the reason that another farmer has died by suicide. Instead of helping us, the government is trying to break up farmers' protest, which is against democratic norms. This is political murder. The government should tell us how many lives it wants. It is killing farmers. The farmers have been on the road for over a year. Our andolan will be strengthened further. We will not lose hope." Unquote. Gurpreet's friend Nirmal Singh told Hindustan Times that Gurpreet owned five acres of farmland and was associated with the Bharti Kisan Union's Krantikari wing. He said Gurpreet had visited Singhu several times in the past 11 months. Gurpreet is survived by two daughters and a son, his friend said, and his family was under a debt of Rs. 6 lakh. 
Farmers have been camping at Delhi's Singhu, Tikri and Ghazipur border since last November, protesting against the center's three farm laws. At News Laundry, we have reported extensively on the farmers' protest. You can read our ground reports, interviews and video stories on the protests on newslaundry.com. Over the course of multiple reports, the farmers told our reporters about their growing frustration with the media and the Modi government. Check out my colleague Nidhi Suresh's reports titled Media Has Lost Our Trust Why Protesting Farmers Are Angry with Godi Media and If We Get Covid It's Modi's Fault Why Farmers at Delhi's Borders Aren't Leaving Listeners we are able to report in great detail on issues such as these because we are a reader supported news organization we are accountable to only you our subscribers so if you aren't a subscriber yet head on to newslaundry.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top right corner of the screen the lowest subscription starts at only rupees 300 and while you're there do check out sessions of this year's media rumble which are now available to watch on our youtube channel at least 16 united nations staff and dependents were detained in ethiopia's capital addis ababa reuters reported An Ethiopian government spokesperson asserted that UN employees were held for their participation in terror under a state of emergency as Ethiopia's year-long war escalates and ethnic Tigrayans face a new wave of arrests. A humanitarian worker told the Associated Press that all the detained staffers are Tigrayan. Ethiopia's government has said that it is detaining people suspected of supporting the rival Tigray forces who have been fighting the government for the past year. On Tuesday, the UN spokesperson Stefan de Jarek had said that the UN was given no reason for the detentions and several Tigrayans including lawyers have reported widespread detentions in Addis Ababa since the declaration of the state of emergency. Stefan also stated that in Ethiopia people are being picked up on the basis of their ethnicity alone in washington state department spokesperson ned price told reporters that if the reports were true detention of people based on ethnicity is completely unacceptable that's all the news we have for you today have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from see you tomorrow All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.